This podcast is not meant to be professional advice of any kind. It's meant to be informative and entertaining. If you make any changes to your life, see the appropriate professional before you do so. What kind of super ager are you? Go to ageist.com slash quiz. Take the super ager quiz and we'll send you directed personalized information to help you super age the best that you can. Welcome to Super Age. My name is David Stewart. I am the founder of Ageist and your host on the Super Age show. We talk about how to live healthier, how to live longer, and how to be happier. And who doesn't want that? Today's show is brought to you by Inside Tracker, the dashboard to your inner health. Go to insidetracker.com slash ageist, save 20% on all their products. Today's show is also brought to you by Element. L-M-N-T, my favorite electrolyte mix. It's what I put in my water in the morning, and it's what I put in my water at the gym. Go to drinkelement.com slash ageist and receive a free eight-serving sample pack with any purchase. Today's show is also brought to you by Divi, hair care products specifically designed for men and women who are concerned with hair loss and scalp health. Go to divyofficial.com slash ageist, save 20% off your first order. Welcome to episode 154 of the Super Age Podcast. It is so great to have you with us. This is going to be dropping on October the 4th, 2023. Coming to you this week from the very wet, rainy, wannabe, snowy mountains of Utah. And, you know, as they say, the snows are coming. (laughs) It's starting to get white up on top of the mountains, and that's an exciting time. So when we started Aegis, which was, oh my gosh, almost nine years ago, You know, I was a photographer and I thought, oh, you know, the thing that's really missing from all this discussion is what did people our age actually look like? Because we knew what they didn't look like. If you Googled image search people over 50 on Google, it was just abysmal. So I said, okay, well, I can create a catalog of that. But then I thought to myself, you know, I really can't do that because even if I take two pictures a day, it's just going to take me forever to put together a library. So what did I do? I joined Tinder. What I did is I put my age at whatever the max was. I, I don't know, it was like 35 or 40 or something like that. And I used Tinder as my image library. So Tinder, don't, don't sue me. I didn't do anything bad with you. <laughs> so this is how it worked. <laughs> if you paid them, and I haven't been on Tinder since, but I, back then, if you paid them, I think it was like $35, you could move your geolocator. And so what I did is I became really the world's foremost authority on Tinder dating profiles for people over whatever their max age was, which I think was 45. And so I spent, I don't know, two or three months. Anytime you saw me, I was on my phone and I forget which the way the swipe goes. I think it's never, I didn't ever swipe right. It was always left. And if it was something, something was like a good picture, I would just screenshot it. And then additionally, you'd get people's interest in what they wanted to do. And you just know they're going to lie about their age or other stuff, but they're not going to lie about stuff like horseback riding or something, right? That would be a disaster. You go on a date with somebody who says they love horseback riding, they've never been on a horse. So yeah, what happened was at the end of this period, I had thousands and thousands of pictures of people our age that I had put together from Tinder and it looked awesome. And that's one of the ways that we started ages. Like people would, in the beginning, they're like, what does this look like? And I was able to pull up a couple hundred pictures and say, Hey, it looks like this. So go Tinder. This week on the show, we're going to be talking to Ellie Kaplan, and she has a product called NeuroTrack, 
which is about cognitive health. It's about cognitive testing. And I have some very strong feelings about this. Well, I'll just tell you up front. I think cognitive testing should become as common as getting a physical or going to your dentist. And you should not be getting a driver's license unless you've had a cognitive test. Because a cognitive test is going to pull up are you over-medicated on something? Alcohol problems are, do you have some other brain disease that we need to know about before you operate a piece of heavy machinery and you're driving it down the road at 60 miles an hour? So we're going to talk all about this and how this works. I think it's a super interesting development and I'm very much hoping that this becomes normalized. So we're going to talk about neurotrack and cognitive testing in just a moment after a quick word from our sponsors. Did you know that hair loss affects over 80 million Americans? Divi has created a range of hair care products designed exactly for thinning hair. All of Divi's products come together to create a full daily solution that helps both men and women nourish their hair to get to the root of scalp health. Some of their ingredients include copper tripeptide, tea tree oil, amino acids, and hyaluronic acid. Do you want to take back control of your hair and scalp health and do it with clean, science-backed ingredients? Well, we have a special offer for the ageist and super age audiences. Go to DiviOfficial.com slash ageist or enter ageist at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's DiviOfficial.com slash ageist for 20% off your first order. Hydration is not just about pounding water. We have to have some electrolytes in there, specifically sodium, potassium, and magnesium. My favorite electrolyte mix, the one that I use every day, is Element, L-M-N-T. You know, one of the things that I learned last year was the importance of sodium. We may actually not be getting enough sodium. And I know there was a lot of sodium fear out there. And it's true, if you have hypertension or are pre-hypertensive, you do want to check with your doctor. But for most of us, having sodium actually helps us to absorb water. And in fact, drinking straight water without any minerals in it, we will be pulling the electrolytes out of our system. Go to drinkelement.com slash ages. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash ages. Get a free eight serving sample pack with your next order. My favorite one is citrus salt. What's yours? Let me know. Quick reminder to stay tuned after we finish talking about neurotrack and cognitive health. We're going to do just try this, that little tidbit to hopefully make your life a little happier, a little better. So stay tuned for that. Hey, Ellie, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you on. So today we're going to talk about a test you created, which is, I call it a cognition test, but what, what would you call it? That's what we call it too. We call it a cognition test. A cognition test. Awesome. And tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you came to develop this test. Uh, well, it depends on how far you want to go back. I will say it's important to go back a bit because... I was raised by probably, you'd call them a couple of hippies now. My dad was a pediatrician who worked in the Indian Health Service, uh, and he went into the Indian Health Service during the Vietnam War. Um, and so I spent my early childhood up until actually around seventh grade living on and around uh, Native American Indian reservations and really getting a sense of how healthcare operated, you know, at, from a child's perspective, but uh, nonetheless, and the and the need for access, and I think that really deeply influenced um, my thinking and and went into how we think about uh, cognitive testing 
um, and cognitive health. Fast forward to post college, I was working in government. I worked in the Clinton administration at the White House, State and Treasury Departments, um, again, with a, a, a lens of public policy, went into finance. Um, and then uh, worked at the UN for a bit before going to business school. Um, and when I was in business school, uh, leading up to business school, my grandfather, who was also a doctor, started to show signs of Alzheimer's disease. And so, you know, here we were, this family of healthcare providers. We went to try to get him diagnosed. And it was next to impossible to really understand what was going on with his cognitive health. Fast forward uh, a few years later, my grandmother on the other side of my family started to show signs. And, you know, I remember talking to my dad about it and, and we were sort of like, well, you know, this has got to be a little bit easier now. We'll just go get her tested and we'll get a diagnosis and then there must be some form of treatment. And literally nothing had changed. And it struck me um, thinking about it with these various previous hats on of public policy, access to health care, aging population, economic impact and and finance that um, there was both a massive need to uh, to people who um, may be in the same boat as us, as well as a huge opportunity. And so it was then that I started uh, looking around for better tools, met my co-founders who were neuroscientists at Emory University at the time, who had developed a technology that we use as part of later stage testing, but tools that could better identify people who are at risk for cognitive decline and Alzheimer's disease. So we we started the company, we raised some capital and fast forward to where, where we are today. I had the opportunity to take the test. I observed the test, so I didn't yes. actually take the test. And as it is now, it's on sort of an iPad device. And my understanding is the way the initial utilization of the test as seen now is to be used i think at, what is it like 60 at 65 and over you have to your doctor has to ask you are you cogent and have some kind of evaluation but this evaluation can cut into the amount of time that the doctor has been allocated to spend with you so this is something that can be like a pre-screen before you meet the doctor and so you get time with the doctor did I get that right? Yeah, that's right. And it's fortunately, it's a bit more rigorous now than just the doctor asking you, are you cogent? Uh, CMS, which is the government agency that um, governs Medicare, uh, has put in place new regulations that says that, that doctors must actually give a cognitive test. And to your point exactly, uh, the issue is that the historical tests, which are these very antiquated pen and paper tests, which have all kinds of problems around bias and accuracy and other things are also quite long. And so, you know, when you are a primary care doctor and all you have is 20 minutes with each patient to then have to contemplate conducting a 15 to 20 minute test, uh, that's just one small piece of, of the work that just doesn't work. So, uh, we developed specifically for primary care, this shorter tool that fits very neatly within clinical workflows. Just as you said, you can either take it ahead of the visit or you can take it uh, after you've had your other vitals collected, things like weight, uh, height, blood pressure, that sort of thing. Then you take our test. Yeah. And I, I just want to say like the test involves like numbers and symbols and matching and in a certain amount of time. And, you know, that this is something that should you score low, you have a, a cognitive issue, which may or may not be dementia related, Alzheimer's related, but could also be indicative of over medication or something else. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, the test is specific to brain function. 
Mm -hmm. So we're measuring things like attention, brain processing speed, executive function, uh, memory. Um, And sometimes those things can be impacted by over-medication. And we know that so often, you know, at all different ages, but particularly when you get older, there's a tendency to just start prescribing lots of different things and not coordinating how those medications are interacting. And so that can have an impact on on score and, and cognitive ability. You know, one of the things I thought was interesting about this was that it's a cognition test. This is not a test for Alzheimer's or dementia. So that this could be used, too much information here, but I have like a microvascular issue with one of my toes. And it has to do, I have like capillary spasming, which causes something called pernio. So I spoke to my docs last week, and I now have a way to cause this to happen without, it's generally cold that causes it, but I found another way so I can control it. And I cause it to happen if I choose. And I said, this is great. We can run an experiment as to what we can do. And they're like, okay, well, we're just going to give you the full stack of everything that can possibly stop this. And I said, well, like, what's going to happen to me if you give me all this at once? And he's like, ah, you know, you might get a headache, get a little dizzy. Well, I would have failed your cognition test because my blood pressure was like my way down and I couldn't think. Oh, gosh. Right? Like, but so I can see that this would be really useful in there. You know, I think one of the things about, and I want to talk a little bit about greater use of these cognition tests, because I think people are very scared about, and, you know, sort of rightfully so, if they, if you have Alzheimer's, this is a very scary thing. Your life is going to be very different. And so there's a tendency to not want to know, but that's just one thing that can interfere with cognition. There's a lot of things out there. Right. My thinking on this got after I took the test, it became a little more broad. And I thought, well, why is it that the DMV wants to check my eyes, but they don't want to check my cognitive ability, which you would think would be top of mind, right? <laughs> like, so you would think this test that I saw is a three minute test. It takes about as long as a vision test. What is your thought on this? Like, can we get this into the, you should be able to yeah. think you can try to drive. No, trust me, you are preaching to the choir in that we know that as people's cognitive health declines, they become a risk for all kinds of issues. It's not, you know, it's it goes well beyond DMV is central and you hear these horror stories of seniors mistaking the gas for the brake and the brake for the gas and plowing into crowds of people. And, you know, there absolutely it should sit in the DMV. It should also sit with your financial advisor. Uh, it should also sit with, you know, a whole host of others. You, you, we, we also just given um, the space that we work in, you know, hear stories of people who are declining cog- cognitively and uh, transfer their entire life savings to some small uh, nonprofit that, you know, is working on an issue that their kids didn't know anything about. And now uh, they're wiped out financially. So, you know, cognitive health uh, is is core. It's fundamental to absolutely everything. And, you know, I would say that this is where the cynical side of, of healthcare and just our society in general kind of clicks in a bit. The problem is that because we haven't had drugs for, broadly speaking, that are considered disease-modifying for cognitive decline, for Alzheimer's disease, there has been a lack of focus across all of these different industries and verticals. And I think that is now starting to shift. 
Uh, it would be wonderful if at age 65, you could show up the DV DMV and after you take uh, your eye test, you take a cognitive test um, and it spits out, you know, the person sitting behind the desk who may not be equipped to have those conversations. They don't have to have that conversation, right? It just says, sorry, Charlie, you're not eligible. I don't even think it should be age-based. I think that sure. you should just take this test if you want to drive a car. Tell me about, is there utility for a test like this in sports, post-traumatic brain injury? Yeah. So is this, can this be used diagnostically that way? Yes, it can. So um, backing up a little bit, uh, you know, as you mentioned, the way that our tests have been designed, developed, and clinically and scientifically validated is um, to test cognitive domains. So all the things that we just talked about, attention, executive function, brain processing speed. So because we're not a test for Alzheimer's or a test for ADHD, because we test all brain function, we can use these tests or repurpose them for other kinds of issues. And so certainly concussions and tra traumatic brain injury that could come from sports or could come from jumping out of an airplane because you're in the military. And, uh, you know, so lots of applications, applications in the education space. I think it's very early days. I mean, we've been around for quite some time now working hard on these issues. It's early days for um, really pushing cognitive tests across all of these different areas. And, it, you know, I think it is this next decade is going to be the decade of the brain. And I think it's um, just going to be unbelievably exciting to think about how we can equip people, regardless of age, regardless of income level, regardless of anything else, to have a much better understanding of their brain health, their cognitive function, and then things that they can do about them, right? Yeah. You know, as we're talking, I'm thinking one of the primary applications of this would be um, in the U.S. Senate. And I wonder yes. how many of them would pass this. This is not a political broadcast, but, you know, clearly there's some people there that have maybe should not be doing what they're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Diane Feinstein passed away. She was obviously declining cognitively. We know that Mitch McConnell, he's had probably some TIA strokes when he froze up and, and could no longer speak. You know, so those are the people that create policy and create laws. Let's also think about people who are performing surgery. Um, you know, I met with the, the dean of Johns Hopkins Medical School many years ago, and he said, you know, honestly, I want this for my doctors. Mm. I want to know that if you hit a certain age, uh, that you become aware that you're going to get a cognitive test. And if you don't pass it, you can't show up in the operating room anymore. So there are lots of different industries where um, this is critical. And I think it's we're at the beginning of starting to see some changes there. You know, I have a company called Aegist, so we're kind of sensitive about this stuff. But yeah, I mean, sorry. <laughs> any, any, right? Okay. So you could be, here's everybody. another example. Here's another example. Um, we know that alcohol abuse or drug Absolutely. abuse yeah. um, is a, creates all kinds of cognitive issues. So regardless of age, uh, people should be getting tested. Uh, truck drivers, you know, uh, anyone who is performing any kind of work yeah. or personal uh, things where this could become an issue. I think that's right. And I, for some reason, this cognitive testing, it's interesting to me how it's sort of shunted off into this other, like, I don't want to know sort of area. Whereas things like dentistry, right? Like we go to the dentist every year or I go to the dentist twice a year. I get my teeth cleaned. That's just, you know, okay, great. Good. This is yep. something we do, you know, actually there, there it's, um, it's important for your brain health. There's a connection oh, yeah, between yeah. oral health and brain health. 
And that's why I use a water pick every night. Happy gums, happy brain. Hearing testing sort of falls into this camp that a lot of people just don't want to know. And, and of course, hearing loss is directly correlated with brain health, but a lot of people won't do it for one reason or another. And no, I don't have any sympathy for that. You just do it. I'm <laughs> sorry. You right. should just do this. And I think that, you know, cognitive testing, it's, and I'm sort of wondering why this is that why, like, I would have loved to have had speed of processing tests given to me at like 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. And, you know, because these things exist. And for me to be able to just see like, oh, okay, I feel my brain works differently now than it did then. And allegedly it works better in certain ways. I have better yeah. pattern recognition, but I'm probably a little slower at other things. But I would love to see like that graph decade by decade, but there's no, like that doesn't happen the way my LDL is tracked. Like I've got a very comprehensive graph of my LDL, but I have no record of my cognitive stuff. So what, why do we put that in a different category? It's a great question. I mean, you know, when I started this company uh, and met with some very uh, future-focused venture capitalists and Peter Thiel, love him or hate him, uh, from Founders Fund, led our, our seed round along with social capital, Chamath Palihapitiya, both very visionary when it comes to the future. And they saw it and they understood, you know, the value of getting cognitive testing, not just for understanding your progression um, from a function perspective, but also for things like drug development. Um, mm. And so, you know, I think it's it's critical. The, pro the problem has been that it's really difficult outside of um, a direct-to-consumer or a concierge medicine-like, uh, you know, business model. It's hard to get systems to pay for it. And what you want is population level um, activity, right? So I think, you know, if you are seeing, if you're able to afford to see a concierge medicine starting in your 20s, you probably will get cognitive testing. Um, but for the rest of the group, you don't. And I think that's a disservice. That's very interesting to me. Maybe where this comes from is this idea of, I'm not politically correct, so I'm going to say dumb people. You know, this is not about that. This is not an intelligence test. This is a cognitive test. And it's a and it's a very different thing. So you can potentially be very smart, you're very mm -hmm. high IQ, but you've been poorly prescribed something and your cognitive ability goes down, which right? It's it's a different thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. This is not an IQ test. This is right. a, a cognitive function test. Right. And everybody should want to understand what their how their brain is functioning and if there are issues that you could then um, fix. And that may be, as you point out, you know, that you're on too many medications that are conflicting with each other. It may also be that you are eating fried food seven days a week and you're not sleeping and you are you never exercise. Um, so, you know, there's an aspect of um, preventative medicine. You know, historically, we haven't had good drugs for or even good supplements or whatever, you know, from a treatment perspective for cognitive issues. I think that is also starting to change, at least on the lifestyle side. We know that there's a tremendous number amount of things that you can do to help your brain function. And, you know, um, 
I, because I have a history, a family history of Alzheimer's and um, uh, obviously because I spend all day uh, at night working on this, I'm very focused on it. And sometimes I slip up, you know, last night I had a bowl of ice cream and I woke up this morning and I felt slower. Um, you know, the sugar in the ice cream makes a difference. Uh, and if I similarly, I don't, you know, I no longer drink a lot uh, for the same reason. If I have a glass of wine uh, the next day, you know, my body doesn't feel great, but my brain is what is most impacted. And so as we start to think about, you know, we've forever, we've had this mantra of what's good for your heart, you know, because of the cardiovascular, all the money that has gone into cardiovascular health and the campaigns and the advocacy group, what's good for your heart is good for the rest of your body. It's also true. And I would say maybe more important that what's, I mean, they're both pretty important, but what's good for your brain is good for the rest of your body. And if you really start to look at things through the lens of taking care of your brain health, everything else sorts out. And we know that um, I took your quiz uh, before, you know, oh, yeah. know what are you? Oh, well, I know what you are. You're an owl. I could have told okay. you that earlier. All right. <laughs> Anybody who's studying brain science, you're an owl. Okay. <laughs> Dig into what that means. Um, but I, I do do a lot of those things around what I was going to say is uh, metformin, which is a diabetes drug mm -hmm. is also seen as a drug that's very good for longevity um, for women, hormone replacement therapy. Very good for uh, for cognitive decline. So um, I think you know as we get more aware as broadly you know as a society about how all these things can impact your your brain, but also your other you know other aspects of your health, uh, we'll start to see more acceptance around the need for cognitive testing in lots of different places. You don't have to answer this question. I'm just curious. Have you tested for the APO E4? I have tested and I don't have the gene, which is sort of remarkable because uh, I have a lot of Alzheimer's in my family. What's pretty exciting, though, is um, there there have been some new studies just in the last couple of years uh, that are um, one of many that show that even if you do have the gene, that mm -hmm. lifestyle plays a role. 100%. So, yeah. Yep. So yeah. having the gene is scary. Sure. But there's so much you can do about it. And maybe that motivates you a bit more. That's where I was going to go with this, that just because you have the gene, even if you have two copies of the gene, if you do things, you, you get your blood sugar under control, stop the alcohol, increase your exercise, you can delay or prevent the onset of the disease. That's right. As I understand, so the, the cognitive test means that I will just say worst case. My wife would say, she's like, well, what's wrong with your brain? You forgot your keys or whatever. <laughs> She's lovely. So is this specific test, if what we're testing for here is cognitive issues, and we think that these cognitive issues are related to brain disease of some kind, if we test indicating disease, we, this is an advanced form of the disease, right? Like there's like something wrong happening here. Yeah. You know, what's considered in in this space as advanced is mild cognitive impairment mm -hmm. moving to moderate cognitive impairment and then to alzheimer's disease there are obviously uh there's there are stages before that subjective memory complaint with worry where you are forgetting your car keys a lot and so much so that you notice you're you know it's a it's a big issue uh, which is not to say that that's what you have obviously <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm I quite sure you, 
whatever. We all probably do at certain times in our life. Um, but uh, it's not a test where if you are 35 and you have a, a crystal ball and the crystal ball says, you know, at age 85 or 75, you'll you'll enter into one of those um, right. stages that we could detect it. Uh, you know, we we hope for that. And I think um, longer term, as uh, the systems come into place for um, for testing earlier at scale. And when I say systems, you know, that often means like health insurance um, or uh, providers, doctors who who build it into their workflows. Uh, and, you know, you can get somebody to start either preventing um, through lifestyle or if there are more drugs that would make sense then. Uh, absolutely. Uh, but today, you know, the focus really is on finding people who who are later stage, but still early enough to, to right. be able to do something. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I just I'm going to throw out some words that I have heard. So they're they're PET scans there. I believe there are blood based markers that can test, I think, for can show some indications of really Alzheimer's and such where people can take action. And I'm I'm guessing with your test, if if I was a physician and somebody scored low cognitively, I would probably say, oh, well, let's see what's going on here. And That's right. Leading down some other, to some other tests. Two of the biggest sort of hallmarks for Alzheimer's disease, pathological hallmarks, can be, don't necessarily have to be, but can be what they call plaques and tangles. Uh, and yeah. the plaques are amyloid protein that builds up in the brain, and the tangles are are tau tangles. And so these tests that you mentioned, PET scans, also uh, a spinal tap, lumbar puncture, uh, can identify amyloid or and or tau in the brain. Um, there are some blood tests that are coming onto the market. Uh, I just heard, the, you know, there, it's still early days for a lot of those blood tests. But yes, if, if somebody gets flagged by our test, before actually we would get to that stage, the, the doctor would actually do more con comprehensive cognitive testing. So we have other products besides that, um, or in addition to the three-minute screening test, we have our screening test, and then we have a more comprehensive set of tests that a doctor can use to say, okay, you got flagged by the, the screener test. Here in our office, we want to do a little more testing to try to better understand, you know, is this something that would need a neurologist to take a look at, mm. or is this something that, you know, is maybe, you know, not as much of an issue. So they would do that more comprehensive testing. We also have a program that takes all that great stuff in lifestyle uh, and um, uh, is a, it's actually a clinically validated program that we've put through uh, longitudinal studies that the NIH funded uh, to show what, you know, that gives everybody the information and the tools in order to take a proactive approach for the brain health. So I, you know, if they don't go on to neuro, then they'll get enrolled into that program and um, and be given everything that they need to to try to prevent. We had somebody who's now, my, now one of my friends, Dr. Rudy Tanzi, who's head of neurology oh, yeah. at Mass General. Uh -huh. At the young age of 22, he discovered the early Alzheimer's gene. And I, I asked him this question. I said, so why is it that there seems to be this sort of selective memory fail at about age 60 with name recall. Like, what's up with that, Rudy? He says, well, I have the same problem. And I said, what do you do about it? He's like, well, I don't, I don't know. It's just sort of a thing that happens. Do you have 
any thoughts on this? I've always been really bad with names. I'm a very visual person. So, you know, if I saw you walking in a mall in the middle of like uh, Columbus, Ohio, I would remember you, but I would be like, oh, I know that guy and I've met with him, but what's his name? And then it it would come to me eventually. Um, You know, word recall. And in fact, that's what there's, there are a lot of cognitive tests around word recall. They call them the wordless memory test. Uh, But that is something that does happen kind of uh, often in in midlife. I try really hard when I meet somebody new because I'm visual to focus on their face and to repeat the name a few times. And that tends to to be helpful. Um, I think that, you know, there's something about mindfulness and presence that goes with cognitive function. And so if Mm. you can Really, for me anyway, focus on being present where you are and taking note of who you're with and the name. That tends to help me a little bit, but I don't know. It's a tough one. And if Rudy Tansy can't answer that, certainly (laughs) I'm not going to do a better job. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting what you said, like this is the decade of the brain. And as I think about this, we had uh, Dr. Richard Davidson. See, I recall that name. Very good. His Healthy Minds program, which I think is brilliant. And he comes out of neurology. Um, you know, this idea of presence, meditation is becoming much more to the forefront. Um, and like psychedelics are being talked about today in a way, like even like even a year ago, it was rather yeah. I was in a sauna last night. We have a very social sauna where I live at the gym. And oh, how lovely. It's yeah. So the conversation was like started at breath work, and then people are like, you know, um, talking about their ayahuasca experiments and um, low dosing psilocybin. And this, this is just like sort of normal. These are not like out there people. How common this sort of discussion is. And this is really part and parcel to your field, what you're talking about, the, you know, brain stuff. I have some strong feelings about Peter Thiel that I won't share. You know, I think he's right about this. Uh, I agree. And I think, you know, what's interesting is um, we're starting to see more money, both public and private, flowing into research uh, and into companies that are trying to to develop things in a similar way. I think, you know, there's a lot of work to be done uh, and rigorous work that um, that needs to be done because the last thing you want is someone, you know, going on a bad trip and never returning and not having the right guides or, you know, recommendations. But it's fascinating. And it just speaks to um, the beauty and the wonder of the brain. And uh, I think, you know, it's pretty exciting. I, I know people who this is different, but who have serious um, depression. Uh, and and then went on a protocol of ketamine. Yeah. And it was life changing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I just think there's so much about the brain that we don't know uh, that we're learning every day. And, you know, no pun intended. We have to keep an open mind to it because it could be life changing for lots of people. I'm still sort of puzzling about the societal resistance to cognitive testing, but I work with a lot of young people and their openness about things like therapy or gender, all these things for us were just like total third rail, like do not go there. And they're just, this is like bantering about an open conversation. And I think that that's 
you know, I can see them having zero resistance to, oh, you want me to take a cognitive test? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. 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 It's funny. Uh, at our company, you know, obviously we do a lot of product testing. We do a lot of user testing on people who are older, given that that's our, you know, the majority of our population who take the test to make sure that it works for them. But, you know, we also end up like testing our kids and trying things out. And there's just an as you say, like an openness to all of these things that never exist before. It's really, I mean, I think it's very exciting. I just want to touch on Japan. Japan is my favorite country in the whole world. I think it's an <laughs> amazing, amazing place. They're, they're just like more evolved than we are. They're higher yes. on Maslow's pyramid. So, but what, I, what, what you notice immediately, like when you land there, is the age range of people who work in sort of like, um, what you call it? Like going through like passport control and that. Yeah. Sort of stuff. Yep. Um, the, age, the age range, low end, maybe 20, high end, I, I don't know, nine, mid 90s. So as we get into this, we're preventing a lot of diseases. We're having, you know, people are living longer. Japan probably being the forefront of this. Is there any interest in Japan with a, with a test like this? Yes. And um, we have we've actually worked commercially in Japan for a while now. That was um, because they were so much more advanced when it came to understanding the need for cognitive testing and the role of prevention and the role of research. And um, so we actually launched uh, in Japan before we launched in the U.S. from a B2B perspective. Um, And uh, I think there is just a different understanding of um of age and aging uh there than than exists today um or that exists in the u.s rather and uh and so you know working in japan was i mean i it's an incredible country i had the privilege of being able to go there quite a lot uh pre-covid for you know to work with our our customers there and i think you know, to a certain degree, it's cultural. Um, but uh, to another degree, it was about their economy. Um, and because so many, uh, you know, it's a, a country that is um, has the largest aging population in the world, people live much longer there. Uh, they, um, and they're not growing uh, from a population perspective as rapidly as some other company countries. Uh, it was a real need to ensure that people, uh, as they get older, can continue to work so that they can have people who stamp passports and, you know, people are needed to work. I just want to wrap up here and let people know I'm so bad at promotion. The name of your company is Neurotrack and I never mentioned it. So we'll one demerit for the podcast host. Uh, <laughs> we can do it at the beginning and the end. If um, If somebody wants to get in touch with you, Yep. Who wants to tell their doc, like, hey, why don't you have this thing? What do they do? Well, I always give out my email because I love to hear from people. So they can email me. It's L-E-E-L-L-I at neurotrack.com, N-E-U-R-O-T-R-A-C-K. Um, or they can go to our website and there are forms that uh, that you can fill out um, to uh, to get in touch. But, you know, we, we love to hear from people, people who are, you know, concerned about their health, they're not concerned, they just like what we're doing, or they want their doctor to start using it, please get in touch. That'd be great. It's a great product. And I really appreciate the, you know, the science behind it. And the what I really like about your product, ease of use. Like, 
It's that's right. Right. It's it's three minutes on a pad. Like yeah. not that hard. Well, David, thank you so much for saying that because our product team is spectacular. Um, and our design, you know, that that's that's building the product, but also designing the product. Um, and and then obviously the clinical team to validate it. But you wouldn't believe the amount of work and energy and passion that has gone into that, making it easy. We want this to be a stress-free experience for people um, so that they come back and they test again and we start to get that longitudinal data that you talked about. That's right. Right. Great. uh, Great job, product dev team. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Ellie, it it has been wonderful having you on the show today and um, we're going to put all your contact information and a link to your website in the show notes. And I think that this is the decade of the brain and I'm really looking forward to going in to the, to the DMV and them saying like, okay, you can see, but can you think, take this three minute test? That's, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I just want to say thank you so much for having me. Thank you for this podcast. It's wonderful that you're, out there doing this and excited to to continue to listen. Very well. Thanks for joining us today. All right. Take care. Bye now. Bye-bye. That was a great conversation. And I think it's really, as I said earlier, something that I would really like to see normalized out in the world. People of all ages taking cognitive tests and cognitive tests are not the same as IQ tests. It's not about how smart, it's how your brain's working. And possibly... I could see a test out there where, you know, it's like, oh, this part of your brain is not working as well. It doesn't mean you have some kind of brain disease, but maybe you could work on this. And there's probably things we could do to help with that. I look forward to that future. After a quick word from our sponsor, we're going to do Just Try This. Today's show is also brought to you by Inside Tracker, the dashboard to your inner health. I'm a big believer in getting blood tests taken because it's simply the only way to get in-depth data about your metabolic factors, your hormones, and the things that inform your immediate and long-term health. There are also excellent DNA tests that can further inform you about your immediate and long-term health. The problem is the most blood tests out there is you get a lot of information back and you get a lot of numbers and they're not really going to tell you what to do about it. In addition, they can be very confusing what all the factors are, what they mean. Inside Tracker has a dashboard and a platform that simplifies all of that. I get food first, supplement second recommendations about how to optimize my inner health. For instance, I just got my test back and I saw that my calcium levels were a little low, which were surprising to me. But I have suggestions now about how to correct that. And I would not have known that had I not done an Inside Tracker blood test. Go to insidetracker.com slash ageist, save 20% on all their products today. This week on Just Try This, my suggestion is let's pay a little more attention to awareness to actually to attention. What are we paying attention to? And my suggestion is to just sit quietly for, you know, not a long time, maybe a couple minutes, and just listen to what's going on around you. What are the sounds you're hearing around you? And of course, you know, your mind will wander. There'll be some other thoughts come in, stuff like that, monkey mind. That's okay. Just let them go and pay attention to the sounds that are around you. This idea of awareness, becoming more aware, gets us more present, which helps us better with the things we want to do during the day and improves our relationships. So maybe just sit quietly for a couple minutes. What are you hearing? What are the sounds out there? That's this week's tip. 
Next week, we've got another great show. Oh my God, we've been on a roll. And here's where I need your help. I'm just going to ask everybody for a favor. Share this podcast with someone that you think can use it. We would love that. That's really the only way people find out about us. And if you really want an extra gold star, leave us a rating, iTunes, wherever you're listening to this show. That would be wonderful. You can also leave us a comment. We love comments. If you want to get in touch with me, David at superage.com, I answer all of my email promptly and directly. Until next week, everyone have a wonderful week and we'll see you then. Take care now.